Master's Apprentice. I'm your host, Theo Giesen, and today we have three guests on with us. The first one is a repeat guest. We've got Brett Clark. Second one, also a repeat guest. Uh, not as often as Brett, but we've got Neil Robertson. And then for the first time in the studio, we've got Luke Waterbury. Welcome, everyone. You should be welcoming me. This is your apartment. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I like the studio. <laughs> yeah. Wow, like great it. place you've got here. Great acoustics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how's everyone doing? Good. Yeah, I'm doing good. pretty good. Good. I'm doing good. I have tomorrow off. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. Nice. This is your Friday, even it's though Friday. it's a Tuesday. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Tuesday, Friday. It's a weird one, but... Yeah. It's good nonetheless. Roll with it. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, a rarity to have more than one guest on, so it should be an interesting one for sure. Um, you know, Neil, I've got some questions for you since we've talked last. Oh, Lord, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Luke will give the listeners a, a chance to get to know you a little bit, and Brett, feel free to chime in whenever. For sure. Um, but... Like the episode we did with Neil, um, I kind of have a few preliminary questions for you. Some, um, uh, we'll talk about the history of Luke, the, your lore, per se. Oh, no. <laughs> um, if you kind of wanted to get us started, um, what is your history with the genre of fantasy as a whole? You know, what kind of books were you reading as a kid? What movies did you watch over and over or what? Like tropes, were you interested in even? Uh, well, I'd say sort of if I'm thinking of early fantasy stuff that I would have read, Harry Potter. I feel like mm-hmm. I mean that's fairly light fantasy, um, but I really liked those books as a kid. When I was really young, um, my mom started reading The Lord of the Rings to me, mm-hmm. like the whole wow. the whole thing. Which mm-hmm. it was long back then, but um, like I really liked that. Uh, some people might say it's science fiction. I maintain that Star Wars is fantasy, just in space, and that's like uh, my all-time favorite. I was always watching those movies as a kid, and just sort of like various sort of weird little fantasy series. Um, I'm trying to think of them now, but just like odd books that yeah. I would get. Any of you guys read Charlie Bone? No. Uh. I have Charlie Bone. Why? Why does that sound so familiar? I don't know, but they never ended up making movies of it or anything. But it was like eight or nine books, Jeez. and they're all pretty like three hundred, yeah. four hundred pages. About, I think it was based in the UK or something. But there would just be kids who would be born with these powers, and then they would go to like the school where they would try to contain them and stuff. It was very Harry Potter esque, but the powers were more. A lot of them were pretty self-destructive. Like, one of the uh, dudes was very sensitive to electricity, so whenever he, like, looked at a light bulb, it would explode. So their house was, like, no light bulbs, no sort of, like, electricity. They had to use candlelight for everything, which made certain, like, just very weird, um, you know, powers that you had never really heard of that had a lot of negative influences on the characters, which was... Super cool. If if anyone listening has heard of that, uh, definitely hit me up because it's been a while since I had a good yeah. Charlie Bone chat. <laughs> I, uh, did anyone read the Bartimius trilogy? I just had to mm. Google the name, but that was something I really liked as a kid. No. It was uh, set in Britain. I feel like everything, all, yeah. the, all the good modern fantasies in Britain. Uh-huh. It was like this weird alternate timeline where it's one of those things where like the actual chronological setting isn't clear like it's kind of old-timey but then someone has like a mobile phone but um the british empire is ruled by like this class of magic users and when kids exhibit signs of magic they're sort of like taken away from their Mm. families they're given these new names and uh there's sort of like demons and spirits that are basically enslaved Um, And the whole point of the trilogy is this young boy is ushered into the society and a demon is bound to him. They kind of like shake up the sort of master-slave dialectic that goes on and it's like, you know, 
He's kind of like Demon a warlock in a way. Type. Pardon? Is he like a warlock in a way? Sort of, yeah. It's kind of, yeah, like most of, I think in that universe, a magician's power more so comes from their ability to communicate and okay. subdue spirits to their will as opposed to sort of like, this is your wand, right. you, right. you right. Know, yeah. kind of stuff, but, yeah. Hmm. Um, you, so it sounds like you have a pretty broad spectrum. Um, now, uh, what um, appeals to you specifically about D&D? Because obviously, you know, Tolkien, like Star Wars, there's like a lot of people who like those things are probably going to like D&D, but it's not always a perfect connection. Um, so in the last like eight or nine sessions that you've probably played, um, what have you taken from that original enjoyment of fantasy, Star Wars, Tolkien, stuff like that, and what have you enjoyed about D&D? Like, what kind of overlaps between there, or, you know, what new enjoyments have you found in the game? Uh, I think, ultimately, just comes from an appreciation of good stories mm -hmm. and good storytelling, and sort of D&D, any sort of, I guess, role-play-esque environment gives you the ability to sort of immerse yourself into the stories that, you know, reading a book or, like, watching a movie doesn't necessarily do, I think, with a lot of video games. Maybe you get that same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's it's your character. You're sort of... The self-insertion is yeah. pretty high when, you know, you're sort of writing it down page by page. Right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, and, like, with video games, too, like, you can have your own choices and do what you want, but, like, there's still, like, some restrictions. Right. It's like, you can't just do They only have four or five paths. Or yeah, sure. Yeah. Whereas, like, D&D is, like, you can go any direction Anything. you really want to yeah. go. Yeah. With right. the Dungeon Master being especially reflexive to sort of what yeah. the party is doing, because um, I think of all the times where you have, you come to our session with a predefined sort of, like, like, A or B, and yeah. then someone's just mm -hmm. like, let's take option Y. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. let me real quick come up with option Y, and then <laughs> let me go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back in five minutes. Yeah, just sweating in the bathroom. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. And, you know, the interesting thing about that is that, you know, when a character comes up in a movie or a TV show or something like that, you can kind of ping what kind of character they are. Like, okay, this person, you know will probably be with this group for a while. They'll have their big moment. Maybe they'll sacrifice themselves off. You see, like, certain tropes, and yeah. you kind of are able to guess. Even in, like, horror movies specifically as well, some dude comes up, you're like, okay, I know that dude is, like, supposed to come in and die. But it, with D&D, &D, you know, if you... If I set up this character to kind of come in and just get sacrificed in front of you to kind of make that sort of display or something like that, and one of you has a spell, like an invisibility spell or something, that you ca are able to cast on them and they get away, I'm not going to be like, no, wait, that's not what like they're supposed to do. Th this world now changes and the path alters the path Y, yeah. where, you know, you're able to explore this option. So, you know, an example from our campaign is that you guys got into, a f I think it was a dragon fight, and you have two NPCs. You had two NPCs with you. Oh, Alf. Oh, so, yeah, you guys are a little ahead of me here. But <laughs> we had Alf and we had Goldrin. And Alf was just this gnomish little tinkerer guy. No powers or anything. Just kind of got caught up in everything. And he ended up just straight up dying. Mm -hmm. And he was, like, a fun character for me to roleplay as. You guys obviously got along with him pretty well and... Maybe your characters didn't love him, but you guys... Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, he was great. And he just died. And, like, I rolled the... I think he got crit on or something. And I was just like, okay, he takes double his uh, hit points in negative, And he is dead. And you guys are just like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. And especially since that was our first, like, NPC that was with us who just... Died. He's like just, that's the first one. And now so. he's gone. Yeah, you guys had to bury him. Yeah, so it was like a little. At first, like I was almost like I don't know what just happened. Like he's just dead, that's which true. is kind of funny because like that's oftentimes like what happens wait. in stories where at first you're like whoa 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 this just happened like 
And it wasn't until later when I was kind of like, no, he's dang, he's gone. Yeah. Like, the next gone. session, it's he's not here. Yeah. That voice ain't coming back. He's coming back. <laughs> we like, need a new accent. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you just have the freedom to tell whatever story you want. You kind of let the dice tell the story a little bit as well, which is an interesting thing, is that there's an aspect of randomness to it. Yeah. So there is a path where he lives, and there's a path where he doesn't live, solely based on how many times I shook my hands before I rolled the dice, yeah. which is kind of an interesting element in itself. Mm-hmm. It's the randomness. I think that's what makes it like awesome. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I like about it, because we talked about how like video games and, and books and stuff, it's all very rigid, and so... They can do good ways of upping, the, like, you know, ramping up the stakes and things like that. But there's nothing like, you know, when you're playing D&D where it's like, no, literally, like, if I screw this roll up, my guy's dead. Yes. Like, that happened last session. session going back. And last session, yeah. Like, we were on the, I, my guy was on the brink of, like, if I mess this up, yeah, he is dead. You guys were climbing out of a mine that was, like... The way I said it is that you guys had basically three strikes. If you were swinging your pickaxe to get some ore and you like rolled like a less than a 10 or something, then you kind of shook up the cave because it was an abandoned mm-hmm. mine. Or if you were climbing up and you fail your athletics check, you sort of like one of the rocks slips and you stumble it again. You had three strikes between you guys. And there was a point where you guys had two strikes mm-hmm. Brett's character was out, but Neil's character had, like, one more climb check to get out, and they were at two strikes. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if you fail this athletics check, your character will fall into the mine, and, like, we're not going to, like, your character's dead. Yeah, there's no coming back. We're not. Yeah. 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 And you were like, you rolled it, and you rolled, like, a 16 or a 17 or something, and it was just like, one of those moments you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, and it was like, again, it was like that moment of just, like, holy shit, like, my guy could, could, could die right here, and kind of the way it ended, too, like, it, it, you know, the way I got out of it and stuff like that, it made it just, like, super memorable for me, probably more so than any of the combat so far, because I think with the combat right now, um, I feel like we haven't necessarily got to that point, maybe other than the, the, the fighting the chieftain, or the dragon, oh, right, there was one fight where you got just lost. Yeah, like you guys all got knocked out. Yeah, yeah, handed to Woke us. Woke up hogtied. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was like that was the first time where it was like, and it was like it was, again, it was like I was the character where like I got out of it, and I was like, oh my god, like I just got out of that. Oh. Earlier that session, <laughs> earlier that session, you guys were up with Gamble and Hank, and Gamble and Hank offered you his house like some property and for in exchange for everything that you guys literally everything that you guys had and you're like well i don't really want your property like the kind of metagaming wise is like we're travelers we're like getting out of here mm. and then so i was like all right well you guys can have a level up if you win and if you lose you lose all your equipment and luke you missed this session, so you didn't really have any say in this decision. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember uh, being in my room working and just like hearing snippets of the conversation, and thinking, "Hmm, that sounds serious. Hmm, maybe I should weigh in. Yeah, <laughs> wait a give me a roll." And so what happened was, we were playing a variation of blackjack, which I would suggest a lot of DMs run this if they're ever in a bar. Everyone rolls two d10, and then you're able to hit or. Um, stay and the dm has like the bartender who rolls one in front of the table and keeps the other one hidden it's like okay you guys know they rolled a not they rolled a nine and you don't know the other one so you guys go around you hit you know if you go over 21 you bust there's no like natural blackjacks obviously because you can't hit that 21 but um i think the last it was just like straight up like uh only one of you guys played i think right yeah, it was uh, it was my character Maxor who is gambling. gambling uh, habits, um, which also developed in game yes. naturally. That That's... wasn't even something I like created. It's just every other gambling game we play. You've Max done well. Done really That's good, one. Yeah. And so I was just like, well, so gambling means money. Gambling <laughs> means money. Maxor is going to be like, you want to yeah. gamble? Like, okay, you want to get paid? <laughs> <laughs> like he just loves it. 
But so that's why, like, my, like, even, yeah, there was no bonus or anything. It was just this character. And then, yeah, he went up against Gambit so, Hank. So what happened was I rolled mine because Gambit Hank wasn't the, the deal or anything. So he just rolled him in front of the table. He, you guys saw it. He rolled two tens. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Which means you guys have to get 21. Mm-hmm. And um, you you rolled, and then you were like, I kind of want to try to, like, not ch- like you tried to cheat. Yeah, straight up. Like, I You're like, yeah. can I try to cheat? And I was like, okay, what you can do is roll three. So you were at 20, and you needed a one. or, or yeah. You were at 18. Like it was you, you were 18, and you needed a three. You were at so 18, close. and you needed a three. And you were like, okay, I need to hit this. What can I do? And I was like, roll me a sleight of hand check. And if you pass it, I'll allow you to roll 3d10 and you can pick which one you want to use. But if you fail a sleight of hand, he knows you're cheating and you lose and probably he'll like maybe try to kill you. Or, or I think, was it the other way around? Like you let me do the, the 3d10s first to see if I got the number I needed. And then you did and your then did the sleight of hand, hand to like cover yeah. up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was... One of those two ways. So, but not only did you hit like a DC twenty sleight of hand check to do that, but you also rolled a three on one of those three D ten, which in itself is like. And I think what was crazy, the other two were like uh, twos. Yeah, it was so a three, like, a two, and a two. Yeah, like a tie or something even. So, so you would have tied. Insane. So you maybe could have even gone again, but it yeah. was. Why? Well, it was. It was. Yeah, my heart was racing when that happened, and, and I remember too. Um, like I can't take all the credit too because. Uh, whoa. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I remember you did a you did a, a spell that I can't remember what the spell was. Be helping me out. Guidance. Guidance. Yeah. And then there was also I was trying, to, distract, I was trying to distract him. Distract. Yeah. yeah. The, oh, the you. Um, I just, my, like, <laughs> My character's seduction. charm, seduction yeah. skills. Well, you use your charisma. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, you aren't there, so you don't know, but <laughs> you can use your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I was proud. That was insane. Like, that was, yeah, that was insane. And, like, um, other than that, that was probably, like, the highest, like, where the stakes were just, like, super high. How we pulled it off. I don't freaking know, man. Like, but uh, dice Christ, it's insane. I mean, I remember, I remember that. Like, I'll remember that for sure. Yeah. And again, like that cemented in Maxor at least, like, because I remember afterwards, I was like, okay, Maxor is like a gambler now. Yeah. Like he loves gambling. He's like, if I roll, I will get what I want. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is like the third game where he's come out on top. So it's like, yeah, he's gonna love gambling. Like, yeah. he's just in it now. Yeah, so it's uh, it's cool to, to kind of see that. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, missed it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Now you're gonna be here. We're doing a session right after the podcast, pretty much. So, you know, you'll be there for this one. I got some good stuff planned for you guys. So far, the adventure has been like you guys have crashed on this planet, and in the middle of a jungle, and are just trying to survive, escape the Basically. people who are hunting yeah. you you know, explore whatever temples you stumble upon. But I think that this session will be the first one where you kind of, you guys kind of get your call to action a little bit. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. The, the a real quest will be placed before you, and then you guys are like, okay, this is what we're doing. We're not just, like, wandering around. We're mm-hmm. not looking, we're not looking to get off the planet. Like, okay, this is something with a purpose. What we're doing. This we're is the campaign now. now. Yeah. Which... You know, is you know, I think that it's not a great idea to do that sort of thing session one where the party is just getting to know each other. It's like and you guys have to do this now. Mm-hmm. And Climb now. out to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like we you had your time to get to know each other, get into some low stakes situations that kind of came naturally. We've done a lot of random encounter checks which kinda helps keep things, you know not very railroaded and not that like you guys are getting a little bit railroaded in the next part but that's just like you guys are getting put on a quest and like now you know you guys have had your time to free roam oh yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Now it's like totally agree, yeah. we've done all the side quests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we got it's time for the main quest. You yeah. gotta put it off long enough <laughs> before you guys get too high level and just destroy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're kind of just grinding right now. <laughs> I cast ninth level wish spell, and I just wish that we were done the mission. <laughs> like, ah, uh, shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to the session. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, but we got a couple uh, things to get through before that. So, obviously, we talked about both of your guys' history with, like, sci-fi and fantasy and stuff like that. But you guys are also uh, both pretty big board gamers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess we are. <laughs> you guys got excited there, yeah. Yeah. Um, board games are yeah, even just like looking around in your living room over there, there's just, like, stacks of there's board games that I've never heard of. There's too many, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's always uh, funny when people are like, oh, you guys like board games? Like, you want to play some Monopoly? It's like, nah, it's not exactly <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, not, we're way past that. Sorry. <laughs> the risk is a guilty pleasure. It, is it really is. But even the risk we have is, is different. Yeah, it's, it's I've never played risk. risk. It is. Yeah, I don't think I have either. Like, it's a, it, like I said, it's a guilty pleasure. It's definitely, like, it's a grind fest. You're basically just rolling dice against each other and whoever has the most random. Yeah, in terms of wargaming, uh, its simplicity is both its best and worst right. feature. Because it really is just... Is it pure just love? Is it like playing war with like the cards? Or you just... you're, you're basically rolling You're rolling dice and it's, it's basically just, you know... Um, like, you know, if you have two areas going against each other, you can load up as many troops as you want. And that just gives but, you more chances to roll yeah. the die. But then yeah. you're leaving your other places unprotected. So yeah, yeah, so there's a strategy in that. And so it's, uh, but but really it's just like, if you can amass enough, enough troops, then you'll just basically, and get lucky sometimes. Yeah. You'll, you can kind of tell who's going to win like an hour in, and then you think, oh, there's still three hours left because yeah, we just have to go. go through the motion kind of like monopoly in a way too sort of yeah you do have the regs to register mm -hmm. them i remember when i used to play with my sisters like i have a sister who's two years younger than me and a sister who's five years younger than me and so when i was like 12 13 like we'd be playing monopoly and you're playing with like a seven year like an yeah. eight year old yeah. And so it was like me at 13 my sister at 11 and then like a nine year old like for example <laughs> And so it's just like basically me and Sarah, my older sister, like playing Monopoly, and then my other sister would always just get out immediately. And so she would just be begging for money, <laughs> like please, <laughs> small loan. Yeah. And, and so we would be like, big, like, okay, you can have five dollars. <laughs> yeah. And then she would just like go off five dollars every once in a while, like go back up and then go back down, and then yeah. we like, okay, like you can just the boom and bust. We don't want you to stop playing. Like here's five dollars. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Too, too young to recognize not worth your time, but just, like, wanting to play. Mm -hmm. uh, one game, board game we really like is Betrayal, which is has a pretty narrative and randomized element yeah. to it. Um, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yeah, that's really cool. ah. Correct. Correct. Is it anything like Among Us? Show's over. God damn it. Come yeah. Mike. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> well, I guess um, what the no second sense. stage <laughs> can vaguely be compared um, to Yeah, sometimes. it's... Uh, um, the, the amount of Among Us crossover might actually surprise yeah, the yeah, society. Yeah. I think we played it at one time, didn't we? Yeah, yeah you guys yeah. played it. Yeah, it was yeah. the Haunted House one. Should I, should I explain it? Or, it's the one where you're in space and you have to do little tasks, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy trying to kill you? Yeah. No, you can go ahead. Nobody and had it. any arms. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, if anyone's played it, they know. They obviously know. But if you haven't, it's oh yeah, huge fan base. Just um, <laughs> hey, there. I think there is a huge fan oh, base. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we don't have a big fan base. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's basically just uh, you kind of play as as uh, like characters exploring a haunted house and. Um, the kind of board is basically just tiles with different rooms on it. And so you kind of, as you explore this house, you create the board and create the house mm, you're playing. For. Right. And then at once you're done exploring, there's a second stage that is triggered 
um, by certain events happening, which starts the haunt. And then what's cool is the haunt is determined by like an item that you find in a certain room. And so with the expansion that I have, there's about a hundred different haunts you can do. So every game, in theory, is different. Yeah. Um, you'll have different a different story. And the house layout is always different. So house layout is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You loot item. You get items that you can use. Um, and then basically when the haunt starts, it basically has different rules and different enemies each time. So sometimes it's, you know, someone in the game becomes a bad guy. Um, sometimes everyone is against each other and it's a free-for-all. Sometimes there's no one against each other. You're all working together. Uh, it's it's different things. And so it's, it's pretty fun. It, the only thing is, is with, when you're dealing with such randomness, you can have some pretty like boring games where it's just so it's set up just so perfectly that you right. beat it like that or the enemy is just so overpowered that you're just yeah. like there's no hope of doing the it panic yeah and then sometimes some of the scenarios are just like this sucks like this yeah. is not one of their best ones so, mm. um you get the mercy when you have a hundred yeah. different scenarios it's you know, like they can't okay. all be winners yeah. so it, it varies but like but enough think, for really yeah, and I've had enough stories from it where I'm just like... Just the memories, kind of the hijinks. Yeah, you're such you do. I remember the, the first game we ever played, um, Neil, you became the bad guy of it, and just like you knew the rules so much better than everyone else. Like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like, the floor, yeah, and we're just like, okay, Neil killed us. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the issue with that game. It's <clears> definitely <throat> one of those games where you're not going to love it the first time you play you it. You have to play it a couple But you'll times. definitely see... The potential of it. That was then, like that was like in our first session where I completely exploited all your character sheets and wrecked you with mechanics that you didn't know about. But yeah, sorry, we went on that tangent. Uh, no, um, we're gonna take a quick ad break here, and then when we come back, you guys can tell us about the most recent board game that you've acquired because I'm very much looking forward to playing it, and it yeah. seems like there's. Maybe some minor roleplay aspects to it. Oh, definitely. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Moderate to... Uh, yeah, I mean, as much as you want to roleplay it, I guess, it's one of those things. Sweet. Uh, we're looking forward to getting back to that after these ads. Thank you to Newsly for sponsoring this week's episode of Dungeon Master's Apprentice. Newsly is an audio app that you can get for your iOS and Android that picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and it will read you to them in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the web becomes listenable. Go ahead and browse articles from topics you choose, perhaps the latest D&D news, or, um, you know, if if there's a new expansion pack coming out, Mm -hmm. maybe uh, some new subclasses. Yeah, if you listen to the last episode, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, and uh, start enjoying, so stop scrolling and start listening. In addition, they have podcasts from over 40 countries, including our very own Dungeon Master's Apprentice. So download and use Newsly for free now, www.newsly.me, or uh, from the link that I'll put in the description, and use our new promo code MASTER2021. It's a pretty dope code. Better than the last one. Hey, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) The last one was confusing. It's like, dungeon, but the O is a zero, so make sure you get that. No, this one's just straight Master 2021, and you'll get a one-month free premium subscription. How's that sound? It sounds pretty good. Yeah, it does sound pretty good. Thanks, Newsly. And we're back with Luke, Neil, and Brett. <laughs> yeah, boys. Yeah. We the best music. We the best podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. There's no way no one's ever done that. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, we're really I don't know. I think, we, I think we actually nailed it. Um, so, yeah, if you guys wanted to go ahead and tell us what this new board game that you got is all about, uh, because I don't exactly know all the internets of it. I've never played it, but you seem to have a pretty solid grasp. Um, I'm glad it seems that way, because I don't know. It's, oh. um, it's called The King's Dilemma. And uh, we always are watching YouTube videos about new board games and stuff. We're always sort of fantasizing about what to buy next, but board games are actually really expensive. And we're both 
fairly broke mm. in terms of like yeah. there's not a big I'm board. broke because of the board games I bought. You, yeah. And I'm broke because of just failed economic mm. endeavors. Yeah. Um, but University. so this game <laughs> Yeah, whatever. <laughs> this game is um it's like a, a super hardcore legacy game. So what that means is uh, there's sort of irreversible changes that happen mm-hmm. and you can't go back from that. But this game is such a legacy game that you can only play through it once. Okay. Um, if you wanted to play it again, I guess you would have to buy the game again. Um, oh, really? But Quite the twist. Yeah, plot twist. Yeah. We gotta sell more. <laughs> um, but the you get, I think, roughly 24 hours worth of gameplay. Oh, out of it and how it works is it's this sort of like fantasy kingdom um and you don't play as the king nobody's trying to be the king but instead each player assumes the role as the head of one of the noble houses and um you sort of so the first thing you do when you start the game is everyone selects these cards that have like the house symbol on it but you write down the name of what, what your house is. Oh, uh, awesome. I was going to ask if be, you get to name your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it could be anything you want. You sort of, there's sheets to keep track of your characters because each session takes about an hour, and that sort of represents, I guess, a lifetime. Okay. Um, so you're playing as descendants as you go oh, through like uh, the various houses. And the whole thing is that you don't want the king to be dethroned but you don't want the king to get too powerful mm. because that would sort of negate the Your ability own. of the noble houses to control society for yourself yeah so there's yeah. sort of like these i guess sliders maybe that you're trying to keep track of and i haven't played it yet because like once yes. you start it you can't you can't do it and i've been uh, so busy but uh you're basically you're sitting around a table and these decisions come up and everyone is just voting on these decisions. So it could be something like, we're going to throw a big festival, uh, but we don't have enough money in our coffers to do it. Let's, you know, disband the army. And then maybe mm-hmm. three sort of sessions later, the barbarians are at the gates, and your descendants Dude. are sort of like, oh God, why did we disband <laughs> the army for that party, you know, 200 years ago? That was a terrible decision but um not knowing how insane the party was <laughs> yeah. oh yeah exactly the party was totally worth it but um and i guess each sort of like there's little objectives that each house can get so some houses are trying to generally or genuinely benefit society whereas others are trying to just amass power and political rivalry can sort of naturally develop but I think it's so also player to player. Yeah, but I think it's also more of a semi railroad experience in the sense where, like, you're presented with a number of choices and they branch off. But since it's sort of tied to what the game developers put in the box, right. There's only so much that you can do, and I guess it's enough where, like, people who've reviewed it, they say like they had a great time, but they've never really felt the need to revisit it, like buy the box again and start over because kind of there is like an overarching plot. The end is the end, but I guess it's more about the journey. Right. Maybe, you know, that says something about life. Wow. Quote of the day. Yeah. Quote of the poem. (laughs) Something to consider. It does sound um, really interesting. Uh, How much was it? I want to say between... 80 to maybe like 105 after shipping yeah amazon i don't hate jeff bezos but uh, (laughs) i love board games they're quick too yeah right you know i like it actually showed up before i pressed order so wow yeah they're getting better or worse depending how you look at it i guess yeah (laughs) but i mean to give an example i you know you buy like a video game now you're basically paying a hundred dollars. Yeah. And yeah, some you may only play once. Some, you know, depending on how you play through it. I bought 
uh, Pokemon Shining Pearl recently. Yeah. And I've, like, really taken my time with it. I'm trying to do a lot of the post-game stuff. I, like, I'm not just speeding through it, and I have 40-something hours in it. So, like, that's, like, getting your worth out of it. If you pay, like, between 80 and 100 bucks for 24 hours of gameplay, you're probably getting, at the end of the day, I mean, like... Yeah. When you compare it to, like, going out and seeing a movie or something... Two hours of entertainment is like thirty bucks. Movies are uh, expensive. That's why I'm glad uh, a lot of gaming services seem to be moving towards like a subscription. Yeah. Like the Xbox Ultimate Game Pass, because I guess you can just try a lot of games. Um, which brings us to our next point. This podcast is now sponsored by Xbox. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> wow, it's not bad. Boom! So Explosion. Go out and buy the Game Pass. Please. I don't want to get anyone into any legal trouble here. It's okay, they don't pay us. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> what? what? This is I mean. If anyone does want to sponsor us, that'd be cool. Um, <laughs> What what I've kind of been thinking over the past uh, couple weeks is of placing an order, going to like a cheap merch like website, putting the podcast logo on like a black sweater, uh, and just like you know selling them to, I mean not to like make money off. Of, I would not make any money off of this, but like yeah, merch if you is want, expensive. Like if you guys wanted like a hoodie, it would probably be like thirty. I could probably thirty five. I brought but, so much. But like, <laughs> just like a, just like an extra large Gildan with the Dungeon Master's Apprentice logo on the front of it. Mm-hmm. Probably put an order for about twenty. You know, like mm-hmm. keep some on yeah. keep some on stock, and you know, I'd wear one. Okay, I'm just like trying to get some numbers here. Nathan mm-hmm. said he would probably get one. Seem like you three would get one. I'm sure like. My parents could probably do like do <laughs> Dave, away. Dave. Hey mom. <laughs> no, I mean like Dave Frenchie. and Frenchie. Frenchie. <laughs> <laughs> <You> probably would. <laughs> That'd be sick. Um, probably would, but uh, I think even Matt said like he would get some. You know, oh, to yeah, put yeah. words in his mouth, but like if you, you know, Richard. Richard. Oh, oh he, he would rock. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> not that Richard. Both of them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm getting closer and closer to the point where like I'm probably just gonna pull the trigger soon. Yeah. The only thing is that like I calculated out it and it was like your total is four hundred dollars. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's like a lot of money, and I'm not like, I'm probably just the goal is to break even. It's not mm-hmm. even to make any money, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah I want free promotion from you all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would just be sick to like, yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Have, yeah. rock, have your own thing to rock. Really cool. All right. With that in mind, uh, give us a shout at Dungeon Master Pod on Instagram if you'd be down to buy some merch. Uh, like Mitch Hearn, probably buy some. Andrew, maybe buy mm-hmm. some. You know what I mean? Like I just actually deleted my Instagram. Shh. No, I saw a private. <laughs> 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 gotta go. Um, you gotta add Brett to your um, friends. Oh, your are, you, are you not on it? I don't know. Uh, it's a good, good it's a good time yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that right now everyone that you will take a quick break <laughs> uh, Luke while you're doing that um, uh, Neil is our um, I think last time that you're on the podcast I posed that you would potentially be a good dungeon master someday mm-hmm. have you put any thought to this um, I actually have actually um because like since playing i've been kind of been able to get more of the mechanics down and more of just the uh i've been able to understand more like how kind of dms do things a little bit better um and so um that's been that's been kind of eye-opening to how to do it still don't know a lot and obviously you find it along the way yeah you you gotta just do it to, to really learn it but I've thought about it a bit, and so I remember actually a couple months ago, and I think I showed Luke this a little bit, or I think I just told you. You were talking to us. Yeah, and I just, for fun, I was bored out of my mind, and uh, as a little writing exercise to kind of 
you know, get me in a writing mood before, say, doing, like, a, a paper or yeah. something. Sure. Um, I would just do, just write out, like, how I wanted to maybe start a, a D&D campaign. Yeah. And basically what I did was, uh, I know one thing that always interested me is doing a Star Wars style right. uh, campaign. And because I, I know you can go on, I've, I've looked online. You yeah, can find there is. fifth edition Star Wars, and they have all the reasons. That crazy that. website. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's insane. insane. It's yeah, the UI on that website is bang on. Oh, yeah. There's like eighty different races. Oh yeah, yeah. And, I, like and I remember spaceships. going. I was going through it, and I was like, "Holy crap!" So it was like, it was really cool, and it was nice too to go through it because I went through it before because I thought about this a while back, but I went through this now, and I was like. Oh, I understand. This makes like sense. 50% yeah, more wisdom more plus modifier, you know, kind of that. Yeah, like I, I get this now. So it was it a says lot like your really proficiency cool. bonus or like your decks, you like those words now make sense. Exactly, yeah. And so it was, it made a lot more sense. I didn't get into the nitty gritty necessarily when I was doing it. It's Because um, uh, my main focus when I was doing that like exercise was getting a start. Right. And so you don't want to bog down. You don't want to bog down this. Yeah, I didn't want to bog it down, I, and I kind of just wanted to feel it out. And one thing I kind of wanted to challenge was um, kind of staying away from more of a traditional start. Um, and I mean, like, so no, there's like, nothing wrong with the traditional. Start. Well, exactly. Tradi- like with the bar, like a tavern thing. That is it's the, traditional. That is the number one. Yeah. Start. But it gets things going. It keeps it. It keeps everything open. Like there's you can a put a spin on that too. Yeah, and there's but there's a reason that's like right. the number one way to do it. It's just like a kind of natural way to get. Because everyone going. goes to bars, right? Yeah. Right. Three super powered creatures just all show up at the bar at the same time. It, it happens all, all the time. All the time. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to, as like the exercise, like challenge myself and see how I can maybe write something. That would be more like you kind of hit the ground running. Um, you know, you you're just immediately in the action, and Star Wars is like the perfect setting um, to kind of get that going. Um, and so, basically, kind of what I had was just because um, in Star Wars, it's just factions. You know, you know, you got your kind of three major factions in, say, the would it be the classic era or the original Galactic Civil War? Galactic Civil War. Quick, quick point: Luke and Han Solo met in a bar. They did. Yeah, they did. Oh, that is true. There were several super-powered beings in that so, bar. That's I'm true. Saying, right? Don't that mess with true. perfection. And look at the quest that they were on. Yeah. Wow. Oh, damn it. You just muted my point. But uh, basically, kind of what I what I had was, you know, I kind of wanted to use that Galactic Civil War as a as a, a major plot point. Basically, it was just um, the story would start kind of like you're at a shipyard, um, and you can I, I think I said like an Imperial shipyard, and a new ship was being kind of created, and then in that moment, like rebels attacked. It was, and it was like <laughs> and before before it was like you know it was chaotic because it was like you know the, the war was ramping up so you had like refugees there you had you know criminals there but you also had the imperials just trying and like the idea was like they're trying to get the ship out this new ship like going because it's just yeah. like oh, so you're in a war you want to get the ship out and going so then the rebels attack and then there's you know obviously a crossfire and then that would open the door for the party um, this seemed like a very like starting of a video game campaign opening where mm-hmm. just like the middle of a war and you just get thrown out well, and like, like you see some dude just like explode to the side yeah. and it's just like get down over here like <laughs> and, and the more I think about it and like as I was saying it, it's almost like the start of Skyrim where it's like shit happens that is a perfect it, it, you know it, it, shit shit happens it's like two different it's like, two different sides like, yep and you're like you gotta pick one or the other and but like in reality, like you don't have to pick either, but like with the chaos of it, it kind of opens the door. In to that. Skyrim, it's like come over here. Yeah, yeah, it's like come with me. No, come, come with, with me. me. And you're like yeah. behind door number two. Okay. And so <laughs> the way I had it set up was like I kind of wanted to be kind of like that, where you could be like, okay, I can go with the Imperials, hop on this new ship. That'd be cool. Or just like I want to hide and see like, who wins. Or you <laughs> hide or see who wins. Join the rebels if you're maybe playing an Imperial, like you know maybe your party doesn't like right. the or third option and you just do 
kind of the criminal side and which is kind of something you can always hop into. It could be hard to go from, say, Rebels to Imperial. Like, you might have to do a bit of a storyline. But Criminals is just... See, I'm, like, hey, uh, I'm a criminal Like now. bounty hunters. And yeah, we're yeah. a bounty hunter now. We'll work for both sides. So I kinda, Or, you know, we're our own you know, sort of deal. Yeah. And, but yeah, that's... Anyways, that, that kind of brings us back to what we were talking about. Where mm-hmm. it's like, in the movies, you see Finn... Is that his name? He's like a a stormtrooper turned like good guy. But there's also a point where like if you're playing that sort of character, it's like, you know what? I'm going to go back over here. Yeah, and there's storylines that you you can do that. So, yeah, like it was kind of like that. But I found it tough, too, when I was writing it because it was almost like you start realizing, again, why just like a more neutral just, hey, you meet up situation is kind of better because then there was times where I felt like I was railroading it would be like I'm railroading them into kind of a certain path. We, you uh, kind of have to. And and yeah, you do kind of have to at points. And so that kind of accepted that. But uh, that was kind of the start I had. And I thought about like a initial encounter, maybe some characters you need, you kind of meet up right. with and then going from there. So on the other side of the coin, as a player, you kind of every once in a while have to recognize that the DM is putting this on a tee for you. So like, don't intentionally go off 180 degrees the other direction. Like, yeah, t- they're giving this to you because they've put some planning into it. Like, just take it. <laughs> Don't exploit the fact that it's an open world. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There, you know, because that as fun as the improvised campaign or sessions that we've done, as fun as they are, if that is all that we're doing, we don't get any continuity we don't get any plot yeah it's sort of the sandbox but on the other hand of that too like when i was kind of planning this i kind of was thinking even farther in the future and kind of like oh this could happen afterward but then that's when i kind of had to reel myself in because i was like, i don't know what they're good like if people are playing this what are they gonna do to like i could be like oh they they could you know work for this captain and you know they do jobs and things like that it's like but what if they don't want to yeah. What if they want to be the captain? Like, oh, well, crap, okay, the, well, then maybe they, like, the per- a coup or something. Like, the, you know. Yeah, the perfect example of that is a campaign that Brett and I are playing with some of our friends that our friend Dave is DMing. It just gives me a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. So my character is a... Cla- so just to set the backstory, and you guys can go listen to the episode where Dave and I kind of, like, conceptualize this campaign... It's like an old Western. It's literally based in the Star Wars universe, but we start on this planet that is like basically Red Dead meets Star Wars. Oh, nice. Okay. It's actually really cool. Mm -hmm. But um, it started off as a one shot where Brett and I were the only players. And it's this old Western world, but he's a paladin and I'm a cleric who are like very very religious like very conscious of every action they do do not do evil we both just got ourselves tangled up in this gang because it's like at least for my character he's always been like by himself not by choice so to just be brought into something is like i will sacrifice my morals for companionship and a sense of belonging and so the character, I, I let it play out naturally. I was like, I'm willing to, you know, go into the thievery path. But the and between your character, Brett, and my character, we've sort of taken the gang from being people who steal and rob to being kind of like Robin Hood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which has been like a path that our DM didn't really see coming and we didn't really see coming. But that's been like, we were placed in a position where we are supposed to be bad and we became good. So let's say, Neil, you make your campaign where you think we're going to be stormtroopers and we get put in this troop or whatever. Like, let's just say you're like, this is what I want the campaign to be. And then Brett and Luke and I all make characters who are like, wow, I'm like really interested with like this force and stuff like that. Like, I feel like this could really be a path that we should pursue. And you're just like, but I, my notes, <laughs> my planning. It's like, so that's why you don't want to plan too far ahead is because you really never know what's coming. 
Exactly, yeah. And, like, I, I felt that, like, kind of learned that naturally, too. Like, when I started, again, getting ahead of myself, I was like, whoa, 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 we gotta, gotta bring it back. So then, like, kind of, before I stopped, just because school picked up, and, you know. Sure. Um, but uh, before I stopped, like, I thought just more about, okay, like, how would I... And I then got to kind of thinking more DM stuff. It's like, okay, how then could I prepare stuff so I could be kind of ready for anything? Yeah. Almost so. I don't know if I, I don't know if this is a tactic. I just thought of a way, but I sure. kind of made a generic character, generic like officer character that would act different depending on the side that they were on. But I could I could write it down at once and be like, okay, which whatever way they go, like Insane. this guy can show up, but like. If they're on this side, be a bit more like this. That's what your NPCs like are for. Like, just yeah. be like, hey, this is going on. If you guys want to help me, that's awesome. And then they can be like, fuck you. like, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or they can be like, no, this is a good idea. Like Alf, like Goldrin. Mm-hmm. I guess that's easy in sort of a military setting because like, there's going to be hard-ass rebel officers. There's going to be hard-ass imperial officers. Like, you know, I imagine like an army sergeant is the same sort of no matter where you're at. What's that meme where it's like, it's like, oh, I can't, it's like, um, Jedi soldiers rebelling? What are you talking about? We have to go like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like masks, social distancing? What are you talking about? Yeah, we have no, to go we have to Aries. <laughs> We're going to bulk burn. <laughs> We're going to go play Flappy Bird, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. It's like, it's like that, that character's like, what are you talking about? Let's go over here. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate gaslighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like that's also the usefulness of doing a D&D campaign in like an established world already because like I know Star Wars enough where it's like there's just so many things right. I could draw on that wouldn't you know ruin my brain trying to be too imaginative. I can get inspired just by a lot of stuff and just and, create Yeah, something. and at the same time you can just be like, okay, you know between episode three and four where it's kind of a gray area? And we're like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be like, there was like a Jedi Council that was built up for thousands of years and then all of a sudden this person kind of like, we all know that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we can just like, you just tell us. Time itself. Oh, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just be like, we're episode 3.5 here and we're all just like, Boom. fucking got yeah. it. Yeah. Like, we're in. So that saves you a little bit of that work. Star Wars is a great one to pull from. Probably one of the best. There's not many. Yeah. Like, Cause it's if, just so ubiquitous. And like, and just like you said, there's so many gray areas and, and kind of the time where you can just kind of be like, yeah, we're in this era. Lord, like, you can kind of, if you have a bunch of people who are all into Lord of the Rings, you can definitely drop them into that. Or like mm-hmm. with any setting, like, yeah. You all had four people who were into Charlie Bone. Yeah, when I remember when I said I had some coming up for the session. It's <laughs> gonna be some changes. <laughs> Meet his character, his name is Charles. <laughs> Charles B. <laughs> Charles B. <laughs> Next Hold on, I actually have to edit some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm make some quick changes. These <laughs> are on. But you know what I mean? If if you have four people who are all very familiar with a certain lore, then you can just go ahead and tap that, drop yourself in between some plays so it's not really explored, and go from there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what we've been doing with our Star Wars campaign. It's like, he'll be like some dude with like a red face and horns or something. We're yeah. just like, whoa, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, and like he, our DM is very into the Star Wars lore, so... He's like pulling from stuff that, although we are Star Wars fans, we are not familiar with. So it's, you can do that with anything. Like, there have been aspects of the campaign we have played that I've legit pulled from other, either books I've read or like D&D campaigns that I've listened to on like podcasts and stuff like that. And heaven forbid you ever tap the ever you know heaven forbid you ever read Charlie Bone. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like if you have some sort of very niche fantasy that you can tap and throw into your campaign, like go ahead and use that mm-hmm. convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like if you have a very 
specific Star Wars era that, like, if you're very into the prequels, like, go mm-hmm. ahead and throw us into, like, the middle of the Clone Wars or something. Oh, yeah. And Just, like, some battle that's going on and then somewhere else. Yeah. And, yeah, like, with Star Wars, it's just about anything. And, and so I picked the Galactic Civil War just because... It's so well-known. It's well-known, but it's also probably the most... It could be the most interesting. Because basically how I wrote, like, kind of wrote it was kind of disregarded... Disney Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And basically, Star Wars. spoiler alert. Basically, <laughs> that, like, okay, Endor happened, so like we're we're right. past the the original stuff, but it's like instead of just like the Empire, just like oh bye in a year, it's yeah. like it's just like now it's a it's like a grudge match. It's kind of like Mandalorian. Yeah, like, Mandalorian was like that where yeah. it's like okay, they're dead, but you still have people out there who are yeah. like they don't control everything yeah. with an Iron Fist, but like, they're still there. Like, you can't... Yeah. Like, like, it doesn't change overnight. But if you cut, like, the head off a snake, like, you don't just, like, the whole thing is dead. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. you still have people who are very passionate about it. You have, like, the second, third, like, those people in command who are... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who want to step up, because, like, the head is, like, off. Like, there's a position available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, room for mobility. That's yeah. basically, like, the new trilogy of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. like there's a position available that's where the new order comes in like yeah, they moved in and it's so, not even like a new order it's like that just was born out of this empty space and so there's always going to be that problem so you could even if you wanted to take the end of the new trilogy and base something off of that yeah even even just like that so and I think I think just being open to just be like yeah we can do our own thing like it's just like not being too worried about like what the actual lore is being like we're doing it at this point and then just we're going from here what um what i was thinking of recently is that you know a lot of books especially are written by one person where you have one person creating like five six seven ten twelve like like characters primary secondary Mm -hmm. tertiary characters they're all coming from one mind but where we really get like the deep rich characters is where Neil's playing Maxor and Brett, you're playing mm-hmm. Lapis. Like you're making the decisions that the author doesn't expect. So I think that there's something to be said about a collaborative. And I think this is kind of how movies and like TV shows are, and the like that kind of production stuff is approached. That is where you sort of have that collaboration. But I think it's definitely valuable and really specifically like not just like okay you're in charge of the plot you're in charge of like the more deeper lore and stuff like that you're in charge of like the the character development and stuff like that it's like you are in charge of this character and whatever they do like brett like whatever han solo does like that is up to you like we'll pitch a scenario and then you say how they're reacting and i'm not gonna write this character in how they react like that is kind of the beauty of D&D that I don't know if it will be applied to that sort of writing style, but I think it's definitely something to be said about having someone, at least like maybe even like one person, if you're writing a book and you're like, if I'm like Luke, like you're going to basically be the, like this is you as a character. Um, Like how would you react in this scenario? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's a kind of beauty of D&D. It's just, like, really the only medium that you can, like, have that control, that total control, and, like, create a story like that together with other people. Because, like, it's cool to be, like, doing things, and it's just, like, oh, cool, like, my character pulled this off because, like, I thought to do this, or, like, and then you held me out, and, like, we pulled it off together, and, like, you know, we didn't think of this, you know, an hour before, like, it was just, like, on the fly, like, you know, in the moment. Type of stuff. It came out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah, it came out of nowhere, and we reacted to it the best we could, and it turned out the way it did. And like you said, those are memories that you probably won't like, ever forget. Yeah, exactly. On I mean, my deathbed. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> fuck, I hate that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, guys, this has been a great episode. I definitely love the energy that we've got going here, but let's transfer this over to our D&D session. Mm-hmm. It's a couple minutes after seven years, so we got a couple hours to play around with. we got some dice that we're going to roll, mm-hmm. and uh, let's put this magic to work. Let's yes, do it, sir.
Uh, Luke, it's been awesome to have you on for the first time. Neil, thank you again for coming on. And uh, that's it. (laughs) 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 No, Brett, as always, it's it's, uh, great to have you on as a, you know, another voice on the podcast. It's uh, nice to be on. It's it's been a little bit. uh, Peek behind the curtain. This was supposed to be a straight Theo and Brett episode, but we thought we'd extend the invitation to you guys. And, you know, definitely been one of the, the more memorable ones that we've had here. Yeah, it's definitely the most people I've done one with so far. Yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah, let's uh, take a quick pause here. We'll shift gears and then we'll head right into the D and D. Let's awesome. do it. Sounds good. All right, ciao, folks. Bye bye. See ya. <laughs>